direction. I think Oliveira would do Hello and welcome back to Hold On I'm Talking Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood and you are listening to our review of UFC 280 which was headlined by Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev for the UFC lightweight title and Tom Ballam for a card that was hyped up as potentially the card of the year didn't quite deliver. Didn't quite deliver did it? Uh, it did deliver some strong emotions, Joe, but they weren't necessarily uh, emotions of excitement. No. No. Um, it was a bit profound in some ways. Some, yeah. Some sadness uh, yeah. dripped in there, but I, I guess we're going to get onto that. Yeah, particularly with the, the main event. Although, yeah, it was, it was it was a strange, conflicting feelings at times during this card for me. I think also there was a realisation for me is that, like, when you have like these super stacked cards, you just have to expect something weird to happen at some stage. Like nothing, you can't expect these cards to go perfectly. Like something's going to not deliver, something's going to go wrong. There is going to be some controversy that overrides everything. And frankly, that card definitely had it. So, yeah. Is the weirdness uh, Jemayev getting an altercation with a man he previously had his arm around in a warm embrace? <laughs> And me a few seconds before. Huh? I mean, that is one of the weird things about this card. And then Khabib climbing up on the fence looking like he wanted to dive in like it was, you know, the Connor <laughs> card all over again. Uh, the I'm eagle. Al- yeah, I'm also talking about the bantamweight title fight between Aljamain Sterling and TJ Dillashaw, which we will get to. But first, listeners, there's only one place to start, and that's in the main event for the lightweight title. Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makhachev ends in the second round. Head and arm choke from Islam Makachev. And this is one of the most elite smashings I've seen in quite a long time. Like, this was not particularly competitive. And really accentuated some of the flaws of Charles Oliveira, I felt like. And showed that Makachev is here to stay um, at the top of the division. And uh, really did was actually deserving of that t- of that title fight uh, ultimately. Uh, well, that's an interesting one. You've thrown the three things at me there. <clears throat> um, I was settle my rep- start well, you, you, you provoked like. me. You provoked me with a last comment, Joe. Yeah, you, you, you provoked me. Yeah, because you can't, in retrospect, say he was deserving of it. Like I was never saying that he's not a threat to Oliveira. Mm. And then, you know he does. He's got no chance. You know that he can't stand with him. Can't fight with him. Of course, of course, we knew that he was of that caliber. But he still should have beaten someone like Dariush. Maybe he'll get a chance to do that in the future. Yes, uh, judging by another fight on this card. But um, yeah, I'm, we we agreed. This is signed off on. It's official. Hold on, we're talking, brother. He should have had one more fight against, you know, a top five opponent before yeah. Charles. Nonetheless, he goes in there. I called it to be a knockout win, ground ground and pound victory. You had a decision win. Both of us just picked up the one point because it was a submission. Mm. Um, flaws in Charles Oliveira's game were many. Yes. However, Joe, for me, it was more like emphasizing that indeed wrestling and especially the Dagestani variety is the dominant discipline in MMA. Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, it it really, really is. And at the moment, Makachev is the best at it. Like, after this wave of guys that are coming through, he is quite clearly the number one. Um, And it was it was a real announcement performance, I, f- I feel like. When I say that, like, he was deserving of a title fight, I, you know, in afterwards watching it, I, I, there is a part of me that's just like, well, why, why wait? You know, why wait? Why mess around? And then also I'm thinking about what Makachev said in the post-fight where he said, uh, oh no, this was before the fight, sorry. He said he doesn't want to be like Kamaru Usman and have a load of rematches. Like he wants to fight fresh contenders. And it's now, he's at the top of the division and he has six to seven potential title well, challenges. 
Well, I mean, let's address that. Uh, obviously, Charles is very keen to get back in there with him. Mm. What would it take for you to Charles for Charles to get another shot? I mean, this was so two, comprehensive. Two distinct wins. Two distinct. Is that wins. all? Yeah. Two like I mean, Joe, major Joe, wins. Joe, I'm sorry, Charles got smoked, Joe. Uh, if he if he has two, Joe, Charles got absolutely smoked. Like he, he, sorry, Joe. Once he got in inside control, which we know is one of uh, Islam's most dangerous positions, there in the second round, how long did it take him to sink that had an arm choke in? Uh, it was well, he had it in he had it in half guard. He started to have the squeeze in there. And then when he got into side control, it was pretty instantaneous. That squeeze must have been absolutely, like, crushing. Different level, Joe. Because, you know, we've we've seen Oliveira, well, first not get taken from half guard into side control, but then also, like, withstand a little bit, you know. I mean, this man's a jiu-jitsu specialist. He he Mm. likes to be off his back. He was totally unable to fight off his back. He was unable to uh, present any threat on the mat. We did suspect that might be the case, uh, yeah. And and more so, he he offered no threat on the feet. He wasn't able to apply the pressure to Makachev because of his fear of being taken down. Yeah, it did seem to show his um, the limits to his game from there. I do think defensively, Charles is just uh, is porous basically, and when he's facing a guy like Makachev who is defensively so sound, um, it's going to just be highlighted even further. Like, I, Makachev went in there and he had a fantastic game plan. You know, he drew Charles into him. He knew Charles was going to come forward and he sort of waited. And there was a brilliant breakdown that I saw where the knockdown where, you know, Charles goes for that jump knee and then Makachev lands that right hand and knocks him down. Someone pointed out... Five that, seconds in? Yeah. What are we talking about? No, yeah. no, no. It was uh, the one in the second round that led to the finish. Mm. Mm. Someone then put that exchange side to side with their open workouts and they both did the exact same movements. They both did rhythm steps. They both sort of like bounced their way into it as a sort of like, te- and it was a tell for the other guy that was like, I'm about to do this. But the thing is, Charles went first with the rhythm step, meaning that Makachev knew what was coming. So he set himself up for the uh, right hand from there. It was just, a, just, it was a masterful performance for Makachev. I think that is really the main thing we should take from this. And we should also praise Oliveira for being willing to take this fight and to still try and fight it on his terms. He didn't. He didn't go in there with like he did though. He did go in there in his terms. He did try and force the action. Of course, Joe, there was something to take. Charles Oliveira never wanted this fight. Islam was right when he said, "I never heard you mention my name." I haven't heard Charles mention Islam Makhachev yeah. once since he became champ. Yeah, but I don't think you. he tried to dodge the fight. Do you think so? Yes. Oh, what, by taking the McGregor one? Yes. Well, he uh-huh. was pleading for McGregor. He was calling all sorts of names, Joe, but he wasn't yeah. saying Islam Makachev. Mm. Uh, I think he must have known it was a it was a bad matchup for him. And, you know, we were worried it might be. It was kind of what our worst fears realised. You know, it was a little bit sad. Because yeah, Charles, is, Charles is kind of on the brink of, of claiming light. Lightweight greatness, but suddenly that feels very, very far away. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I still think Charles is one of the best lightweights of all time. I just don't think... For me, there's not a clear number one. I would say Khabib is the yeah, number I'm, one. I'm but sorry. Like... Yeah, 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 exactly. That's just it. And, I, and, what, and what we were saying beforehand, if he beats Makachev, if he wins this fight, then yeah. probably you're going to give him the edge over Khabib. But, yeah, but this was what... so so comprehensive in that Makachev is the you know Khabib mark two. I, you I, don't I, agree with this, Joe? No, I think that Oliveira is of that standard in terms of his resume at lightweight. Like, that he has... Yeah, but he fell short. He fell short. Yeah, but he was a def- he was he defended the belt. Uh, well, he won the title off, off Chandler. He beat Poirier. He beat Gaethje. And he did it in a way to these guys that hadn't really been done before. But, Joe, he fell to Makachev. He's below Khabib. Yeah, I'm saying that. But what I'm saying yeah, is, is that I just don't think that step is like... I don't think it's as as bad as what people make it out to be because really, you know, Khabib, what puts him ahead of Oliveira is, is that like he beats similar guys and it's just that he didn't lose as many rounds as Oliveira or he didn't lose as many moments in fights as Oliveira. Do, do you want to see Khabib versus Oliveira now? No, I never said that I wanted to see it in the first place. Uh, yeah, but if he beat Makachev, Joe, come on. Yeah, if he beat Makachev, which he didn't do. And then do. we would get the 
you know, then we get the real matchup. So yeah. for me, it was saddening to see to see this for Ch- for Charles because I'm a what, fan. Just because but... it's a confirmation that he's not as good as Makachev. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like you know if Khabib fights like it's it's like seeing what happened to Tony when he didn't get the Khabib fight, I don't and then think... realizing like hold on, Khabib would have just smashed Tony, even yes. prime Tony. Yes, he you would know? have smashed him. And, and but, it was sad to know that. I like to have that uncertainty. That, why? But why is it sad, though? Like, to me, it's not sad. To me, I, it's I'm like, a fan of Charles. Yeah, I'm I, a fan I really, of Charles. I really... I'm a fan of Charles as well. But, like, I don't look at this and I'm, like, sad. I'm like, wow, now Makachev, what's he going to go on and do? Like, that's the feeling I get from this. It's just like, he did that I... to Charles. He, he nah. made Charles Oliveira not look of his level. Like, what's the most compelling matchup for you now? For Makachev. It's Magulov. <laughs> all right, all right. There are things to be excited about, but the UFC don't want to show us that, Joe. Da- Do you want to watch Makachev fight Poirier? No. <laughs> Do you want to watch Makachev <laughs> fight Chandler? Well, well, we know what he's doing. He's fighting Volkanovski next in Australia. That I do want to see. So Come that's on. a good that, to end on. That, that I want to see. That yeah. is going to be great. Australia, everyone is on Volkanovski's side. He's daring to be great, and then he gets smashed. Like, come on, there's nothing. <laughs> Does to... he? Does he? Bro, see, I, see for me, so for me, all right. Now you've tickled my interest because I, I'm not certain. You're not. I'm not certain. No, no I mean Makachev's amazing, and there's a huge step up for for Volkanovski. But the last few fights from Volkanovski, I've seen nothing short of just absolute greatness. You know, yeah, I've seen genius, genius level fighter. Yeah, yeah, who's just who was already at the top and then took a huge leap forward, you know, and just it would look ten times faster and more diverse on the feet than than Holloway. Yeah, left an all time great in the dust. Like really smoked did. him, and he, that was a real smoking. I mean, Makachev yeah. just he let Charles off light compared to what Volkanovski did to Max. That's true. That's true. Yeah, listen, I love that fight. I, it's a guy who's daring to be great. Who yeah. knows? You just had to remind but... me of that, and now, now I'm on board. What I'm saying is, Joe, I yeah. do not want to see Dos Anjos Makachev. <laughs> Wait, who's asking for that? Well, Dos Anjos, probably. But, Joe, yeah. I'm just looking down the <laughs> rankings here, mate. Look, I'm saying you've got Poirier, you've got Gaethje. That's second and third. He's already beat Charles. Then it's, then it's Chandler. That's the UFC's rankings. That's Magic the Mike kind Chandler. of nonsense that I don't want to see. Come on. You know that, you know that they're going to do that after the... You know what's actually going to happen? We're doing a little bit of matchmaking before, but the winner of Poirier Chandler is going to have to face Dariush. And then me and you are going to be watching that, praying that Dariush wins that so we don't have to watch Poirier get, you know, smoked by Makachev. I don't even think Poirier would take that fight, Joe. Come on. What, Makachev? Yeah, come on. A title fight? He got destroyed by Khabib it was not he doesn't want to run that through again I don't think he doesn't want to fight Charles again I think he's going to be like you know give me celebrity let me enter the prize fight yeah exactly I think Poirier is at that stage in his career and Gaethje should be too I mean well also I think Gaethje is not on the same level as he was a few years ago as well that's that's I think that also needs to be confirmed which if he faces Fazeev I think will be confirmed yeah, there's one other thing that came out of this fight which I want to get your take on. Um, yeah. And that was the post-fight interview, mm. uh, which was with Islam Makachev, but kind of with a bit more spotlight on Khabib. Yeah. And Khabib ending up with the belt yeah. around his shoulder. Yeah, that was... What's your thoughts on that? I don't I don't see any issue there. I don't see any issue there. That That's like when... Um... Do you remember when Stipe beat Ngannou and then he gave the belt to his coach to put around him? I I don't I don't think it is the same. Oh, to me, it's, I mean that was more like well you've disrespected me, but also I want to put a bit of shine on my coaches. I I think it's him trying to put a bit of shine on the guy who brought him to this level. I you, I, you don't think he's done that so far in his career. Yeah, but this is like confirmation. This is like I'm of this level. All right, so if he did it to Javier Mendez, would you have really cared that much? What What would be the difference? Just no, I'd, Khabib I'd have, ca- I'd have cared. Like, yeah, just because. Yeah, Khabib's a like a fighter who's like ever present. He's not. He's retired, but he's still of age. You know, he's he's the greatest of all time. Like which you've just said. What the greatest lightweight of all time? Yeah, yeah. It's and, it's, and, it's and, him. And Islam goes and breaks out. And wins the belt in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. 
and it's a testament, a further testament to Khabib's greatness. Yeah, and now it's on to Makachev starting his campaign. And I think also, I really just hope this, is that Makachev is out there consistently. He's not fighting once a year. If he's out there twice a year, that'd be brilliant. Just to see that lightweight title defended properly. You know, Charles was starting it. Like, remember those years of Connor with the belt? That was dark, dark days. And then when Khabib got it and he was, like, only turning up once a year to defend it, it was like, that's not what you want for that division. You want to see that division moving. You want to see a bit of turnover. And hopefully we'll start to get that, meaning that guys will be fighting more consistently, knowing that the champion is fighting more consistently as well. Just the last one on that um, discussion. Yeah. I mean, at what point can Makachev step out of Khabib's shadow? Or never? No, he he can he can, but I think it would require. I, I, guess, I think it I would require it's just, passing. It's just that for me. I think it would require surpassing Khabib's defense. Defense, but it's also like it's like I understand his his deference and respect for Khabib, and of course his father, and mm. and, I, and I'm sure it's true. Like he wouldn't be there without them. You know, no. they do. He owes it. He made them. He was made by them. Um, but it's like he's shown nothing but deference and respect his entire career. And it's like, this is his but moment. But that's him. That's him, though. He's not, you know, I think yeah, you're looking at you're looking at it in, like a, in an individualistic style. You know, you're thinking about him as an individual rather than how he looks at it, which is the team. You know, he's looking at this as like, this was a team effort that got me here. And, I, and this is a lifetime's effort to get me here. And I need to be able to show that. You know, if Abdulmanak was, was, was still alive and Makachev won the title, he'd be giving the same respect to him as well. I guess it is just, just the, yeah, the similarity in their profile and age and, and just Khabib's proximity to the division still. Mm. It just, I don't know. It's and like, the, this is and his the sport moment. in general. And the sport in general. Because Khabib hasn't like gone away. Like we we still hear no, but from maybe him. Maybe he should. Maybe he should. Maybe he should a little bit. Like just on his on Makachev's night. Like he can still th- he can still take like I the plaudits. Makachev can still when, point to Khabib. When but I just Makachev, feel like when he's giving the post-fight interview, I don't think DC. He didn't. He Khabib didn't want to do well. that. He didn't want to do that. You could see him trying to like push away and be like and give a look of like no 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 I don't want to. You could see that, but like. You know, Islam, and I think DC as well. I think DC may have had his hand on his back going, like, you're going to stand here and take this belt. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Like, yeah. you have to remember, DC has a producer in his ear going, like, don't let Khabib go away from you. Don't let him go, blah, blah, blah. But he's probably yeah. got that so I'm there. Also talking about, I'm also talking about the UFC then. I'm, I'm just saying, like, let the, man have, let the man have his moment, you know? Yeah. Just, just one little yeah, I would, moment I would as like an individual. That as well. I would like that as well. But, you know, it's... Just, just didn't work out that way. He can do that after the Volkanovski fight, maybe, or after the Dariush fight, or whatever his next lightweight contender he faces. I mean, if it is Volkanovski in Australia, that is, that's pretty cool. Like, let's be honest, he's not going out there and being like, "I'm gonna f- have this on my terms. I'm gonna go and do it on your terms." Like, that's pretty cool for a champion to be willing to do that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. What about Charles? Yeah. What, what's your next for Charles? Um, big step down. It's 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 sad. I just I just don't really see a path that would enthrall me that leads to him fighting Makachev in any like in the foreseeable future. Well, in the next year, year and a half, like you know, he's obviously already had his fights with. Poirier, Gaethje, and Chandler. Mm. I think he's going to have to fight one of the killers, Joe, to really get my like Fazeev. Or, or, or not, not, not Fazeev. Is Magulov Sarukian? If he went and, and and like let's say threw up a triangle from the bottom on Sarukian, I'd be like, oh, I hold think on it, a I think he would beat Sarukian. I think he would beat Sarukian. I mean, I would credit him if he goes and stands in there with Ismagulov Sarukian. Gamera also, I know he's coming off a loss now. Yeah. Should, you know, you know. What if he? I mean, you don't want to go so far down where you're facing like a Jalen Turner yet, do you? You don't want to be going that far. That's no. maybe a bit too. Because then, well, I mean, Turner would jump at the chance for that fight, wouldn't he? Because that would be 
his Sean O'Malley moment to catapult up I the mean, rankings. I like Dariush, Gamrot, Sarukian, Ismagulov. One of those four. Yeah, I mean, Sarukian and uh, Ismagulov are tied up together. Yeah. yeah. Um, which Dariush will be a, it is. Will be a sick fight. Oh, Oliveira, Dariush. That's compelling. That is a very compelling fight. On the feet, that would be incredible. Joe, I think we've got to move on to the co-main. We've yeah, let's, let's talk this about all this. Night. Let's talk about this bantamweight title fight. In the co-main, we had Aljamain Sterling defending his uh, bantamweight title against TJ Dillashaw, uh, which finishes in round two by ground and pound for Sterling, who retains his title. Going into this, uh, we were split in our predictions. You went for TJ Dillashaw by knockout, if I remember correctly. And I went for an Aljamain Sterling decision. So that'd be uh, one point for me in the predictions game. Joe, jo, I'm appealing to the judges on this one. I was... Uh, hold on, hold on. There was information withheld from me <laughs> and fight fans everywhere that TJ Dillashaw has dislocated his shoulder 20 times since April. That's mental, What the it? fuck? Yeah, it's bad. So he'd already had surgery on both his shoulders like in the last few years. And he has a shoulder injury that started in April and is in the training camp up to this fight, dislocated his shoulder a further 20 or so times. I mean, how he... I mean, he he got past the medical screening by just obviously grin and bearing it. and Holding uh, his shoulder in. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, hold on, I'm popping this, brother. Like, he he's... He... I mean, what is a doctor supposed to do if a guy's just like, oh, yeah, no, there's no problems, I'm okay. It's always been like that. Yeah, so yeah, it's always kind of looked dangly like that. Don't worry about it. Um, I mean, the so Dillashaw had popped his shoulder out, and then he popped it out again within the first minute, or within the first seconds of the fight. Yeah. It, it came back out. He wasn't able to. He wasn't able to hit mitts in the back. Yeah. So you've sent a. Basically, this is the thing that really irritates me is that Dillashaw sent himself out there and his coaches sent him out there and the UFC sent him out there as a one-armed fighter against Aljamain Sterling, knowing that it was going to pop out at some stage in the fight. And the referee knew this as well. Goddard knew this. He knew that because he said afterwards, yeah, he referenced his shoulder problems and whatever else. It's like, that is no way to fight Aljamain Sterling. You have got... Zero chance of beating Aljamain Sterling with one arm. Like let's be let's be honest here. That was no zero a, chance. Zero, yeah. zero chance. It was yeah. going to be a tough fight for him regardless. And now with I this, mean, and also, sorry, Tom, I, I'm ranting just for a second. I, I'll, I'll be done in a second. What does Dillashaw see as the point of doing this? Was it that like he thought he wasn't going to get another title shot? If he waited six months, you don't think he would have got that title shot? Well, this was the big question. Uh, I, I guess the way that I rationalised it, although I had a hard time doing so, it was that Dillashaw just really wants this. Like he's just that much of a competitor, mm. and he can see like uh, you know the sand going through the hourglass bit by bit. He can yeah. see the the age clock, and he can he knows that uh, he can feel probably, it. He can feel it. Exactly. Uh, he obviously had a bad experience against Sandhagen, got an injury, got set back again, realised he can't really afford that kind of time or that mm. kind of injury, um, and realises he can't can't juice to, to heal the injury quickly because yeah. <laughs> they're on to him now. And uh, yeah, I just think he really wanted it. I think he wanted to just will it into existence. And uh, I found it a little bit unsettling, to be honest with you, Joe. It was sad. It was sad that we saw, you know, an all-time great go out like this. But this is how they go well, out, though, if, they, if they've but, got this mentality. But Joe, also, the, the way that he fought, though, in the first round, like, his determination was just absolutely bewildering. I mean, yeah. he was getting smashed on one arm in excruciating pain. I've seen nine fighters out of ten uh, not, not take an easy way out. I can't even use that language. I'm just saying, like, yeah, they're, he's getting pounded into the mat. And and they haven't fought to change the position, you know? They haven't been consciously been like, okay, I want out of this. I'm going to stop moving. But they've been getting pounded so much that it's been legitimately stopped. But Dillashaw kept finding that extra bit to keep going. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. In the hope of what happening exactly? That he might 
knock out Aljamain with his right arm, and goddamn, he was throwing it every chance he got. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was just a read. It was quite incredible, in in a very sad way, to to see this. I mean, I've I've never seen anything like this on this level. But in reality, when you look at the the, the X's and O's of the fight, you know, Dillashaw's got this strong kicking game. In which he does get kicks caught a lot, and then Aljamain Sterling, his main takedown is a single leg. It's like this was not a good stylistic matchup for him, anyway. And then you add this into it, and Dillashaw doesn't have that one shot knockout power. No, but 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 Joe, sorry, I think he can. I think he can scramble off the mat. I think he could take with one with arm. Kicks. No, 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 no. Of course not. Of course not. He couldn't post yeah. off the arm. He had no chance. Yeah. No, ch- no chance at all. Yeah. I'm, but I feel like this is why I'm a bit sad because I feel like well I I made the pick I did mm. and I I think he can could have win this fight I don't think he ever will now no. and that kind of brings us on to where they're at TJ he's probably done Joe I think he's done yeah career wise he has to be done I mean like, he's, he's torn his labrum yeah but what, it's, but what what's, what what, are, what does he want in his life like does he want to, to be, be the to... champ. Yeah, but he's never he's not going to be the champ anymore. He's been the champion twice. He's defended the title I think 3 4 times in his in his career. You know, he's done more than most fighters will ever do in their entire career. He's had incredible highs and he should be happy with that. And I know that he's not going to be, okay? But at a certain point, does he want to be able to lift his hands above his head later in life? I don't think I don't think he can think that far ahead. Joe. I really, he, I just no, think he's he a competitor. He's no, one of he these should. guys who's going to have a hard time when that. You know, he's going to be racing dirt bikes or I don't know, getting into some wildness because uh, I just think he needs it. It's sad. That that's what that's what this fight made me. It made me feel incredibly sad because then the other side of it is, and as he said, he held the division up. He held the division up. I mean, his post-fight was an exercise in humility. It was, you know, yeah. kind of cut away the bullshit and Can I also, very like, came across very likable. And also the fans, some of the fans' response to this, good, I'm glad, I, w- I wish it went on longer. Uh, that's pathetic. Like, what, because he got caught using EPO? He served his time. He lost two years in his career at his potential peak. Gone. Served his punishment, came back, beat Sandhagen, and he got a title fight. Yeah, at a certain point, you have to let it go. And then also, the guys that cry loudest about this drug cheat thing, I'm sorry, they're, they're normally drug cheats. And I one mean, of the loudest, Joe, Joe, and one of the loudest up, is Joe. Sterling. And one of the loudest well, Joe, yeah, I don't want to bring it up, but Sterling, Sterling was looking pretty huge in there. Yeah, he is. That has some physique, and it's and it's it's got, it's you know... It's gotten bigger. It's got bigger. He yeah. was He was looking big, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, he was. He looked like I a know, Yeah, he did. He did. He looked fucking huge, to be to be honest. Mm. Well, let's now, talk. Well, yeah, Sterling. Well, I mean, Sterling. He can't help himself with the celebrations post-fight yeah. after beating the one-armed man. Now he won. He vanquished his opponent. He did what he had no choice to do. He did it. Yeah. He won. But goddamn, did he have to celebrate like that? Yeah. Yeah, did he? It's it's one of those where, like, TJ went in there as, like, the bad guy, really. And Aljo could have come out the good guy. And then just in the fight and in the promos, they managed to turn it the wrong way. <laughs> like, I said it to you in the in a text message that Aljamain Sterling's promo was like the anti-Joaquin Buckley. It was, like, it was cringe. Like, that was, his promo was so I mean I'll cut it in right now for you all uh, listeners. Oh no, don't do it to the listeners. No, Joe. listeners, please savor this uh, this pile of trash right here. Another title defense, Algermain. TJ Dillashaw. When you took him down that first time, did you recognize that his shoulder had popped out? No, no, no. The guys actually pointed it out to me, and I had to ask him which one. I had no idea. I was just in the zone. Like I knew he could get out and he could get back on top and do damage. That's why he doesn't love his past fights. So I made sure I. Kept the pressure on, did what I need to do. Anaconda, human backpack, I take you down, it's a rap rap. Not many guys defend the Bantamweight Championship two times. You have now joined a very short list of guys. Watching that fight before you, seeing the landscape of the division, 
Who do you think now is worthy of fighting a guy like Aljamain Sterling, who is becoming a very dominant champion? I mean, you got Henry St. Dudu lurking in the, in, the, in the woods somewhere, smelling like <laughs> You got Sugar Tits, had like a decent performance tonight. You got Marlon, Marlon Cheetos, Dorito Vera. Man, you got all these guys. And you got the boogeyman who already put to sleep in Sandman. So if you want to put the Sandman to sleep again, I'll do that again. Um, but I don't know. It's... What's Sterling supposed to do as well now? Like, what was he supposed to do in that fight? I mean, you heard his corner. Did you hear what they were, what they were screaming? Yeah, no mercy. No, yeah, no mercy. Bro, they do not mess around. No mercy, Aljo. They were yelling. It's just... I, I, it's, it's one of those where, again, you come out of it and you're just like, well, I don't really know what to think of this. And Sterling's title defence and his run has just been so weird. Bizarre. Bizarre. You it's know, about to get weirder, Joe. Uh... It's about to get weirder. What, Henry Cejudo? <laughs> well, you should mention, yeah, we should talk about that. Yeah, so Henry Cejudo's been spoken about recently uh, in the lead up to this fight and then in the post fight as well. He's, uh, I think he's approached six months now of being in the USADA testing pool. Uh, or at least it's been more than six months now. So he is officially able to compete again. Uh, post fight, uh, Cejudo put out a tweet saying that he was going to bring the belt back to America. That is um, Henry Cejudo, uh, child of uh, Mexican uh, immigrants, saying that about Aljamain Sterling, uh, child of uh, Jamaican immigrants, both uh, brought up and born in America, I believe. Both of them were born there. So, um, yeah. hell of a Dis- thing to say. Sterling, Sterling Disgusting responded very ignorance. Well. Frustrating. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's kind of there's a lot of heels at bantamweight right now, and uh, I mean that kind of like blind faced, like lack of awareness. I mean, just the, the ignorance of it. It's racist. It's racist. Let's let's. It's racist. It's it's racist. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's uh, racist. Yeah, and we need more baby faces at bantamweight. You know, our boy Ricky Simone. You know, Marlon Vera. These are the baby faces we've got. We've got a bantamway. Oh, Sandhagen as well. But it, it's whatever. But are we are we excited for Cejudo versus Sterling? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we are. Are we? Or are we yeah. excited for Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley? Well, I think we better get on to that. <laughs> well, this is the most controversial fight. This uh, is the fight of the night, Joe. That's what it is. It was fantastic. What a fight this was. Uh, Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. Going into this, me and Tom stuck with our our, uh, our motto of if someone's fighting Piotr Jan, I'm picking Piotr Jan, and we picked him by decision. In the end, Sean O'Malley wins a split decision over Jan. And Tom, I'm going to ask the all-important questions. How did you score this, and what rounds did you give to who? Right, well, I'll uh, preface this by saying that... I no don't no you can't get out of it <laughs> well no all right I watched on my first impression um I had a little bit of trouble tuning in <laughs> to the official broadcast yes and uh and so I didn't really catch the fight but my instincts my instinct was that Sean O'Malley had won the fight on first viewing okay uh since then I have perused the internet and it's become clear to me that a lot of people felt that actually Jan won the fight. So tonight, before coming onto the pod, I thought I'll give it a, a second watch and try to score it more comprehensively. Mm-hmm. And these are my results. Uh, mm-hmm. Round one, that was 10-9 for Sean O'Malley. Okay. You agree? No, keep going. Well, do you agree, Joe? Okay, well, I mean, he he outstruck him. Uh, he stayed he stayed away from the dangerous positions for him. He landed heavier shots. To me, it was quite a comfortable round for Sean. I did. Uh, I disagree. The one takedown Petter landed was very very brief in the control time he had. Um, so I thought that was quite a comfortable ten nine for O'Malley. Then we had round two, uh, in which they both landed some huge huge shots including a beautiful uh check hook from from petter mm. and then petter went on to take o'malley down and have a lot of control time 
and outlanded O'Malley. I think that was obviously a, a Yan round, 10-9 for Yan. Yep. And then we came on to round three, uh, which would be the deciding round. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, this was a no-brainer. One man landed 40 significant strikes to the other's 15. One mm-hmm. man left the round absolutely leaking and bloodied and bruised. 10-9, Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley wins by 29-28. to 28. That is one of the most ludicrous things I've ever seen. First off, that you're, you said the brief control time in round one. Piotr Jan had one minute and ten seconds of control time in that round. Yeah, 20% of the, the round. Yeah, and also... And did like, no damage. Did no damage on the mat. Joe, he did no damage, and Sean got back up. Oh, and then when, days, when they were on the feet, when they were on the feet, Sean was lighting him up. He was not lighting him up. He was not lighting him up. Lighting him up, absolutely not. Joe, I don't know what to tell you. He, he landed more significant strikes. I don't know what more you want from the man. Uh, Twenty-three to nineteen. That's not. That's not significantly more. Well, that might be how it was scored. Um, it's interesting to hear that. So it was official then that Sean did outland him. Uh, but I also meant like the the impact and the uh, the damage that was done. He he was tr- he was troubling. Petr Jan, to a point that Petr Jan's only route in to compete with O'Malley was to take it down to the mat. Like, he was in trouble. He was not in trouble in that round. I'm not having that. No, no, in the fight. In the fight. In the first round. In the... Over the course of the fight, yeah. Petr Jan was having a lot of issues with... Um, I mean, Sean's... Like, his straight shots... It's yeah. kind of like Connor, where... You remember when Connor would overextend on the left and, and yeah. you know, follow you don't, through... He... Yeah, he'd almost be like out of position. He'd be reaching across sort of thing. Sean O'Malley has a similar kind of style, but it's really straight down the down the pipe. And yeah. the range that uh, he was able to hit Jan with and the speed was something that Jan hasn't dealt with before. Yeah, it was very impressive. I got, this is... Okay. When, <laughs> I've got to say, it was an incredibly close fight. I don't think anyone can contest that, that this was a close competitive fight. And that Sean O'Malley is absolutely 100% of this level. That he is a top bantamweight. That's something I think any, anyone can agree with. And anyone calling this a robbery... I'm sorry, they're out to lunch. Like, I just don't see this as a robbery. Even though I scored it for Yan. Even but, though Joe, I had you, a few. You, you haven't told us... So, round one you gave to Yan. Round three? I gave to... Oh, gave to O'Malley. Okay. That was the round I gave to O'Malley. I thought that was his most significant round... And I Definitely. thought that, and I thought that also what was quite surprising was to see Yan drop off, and that was down mostly to those fantastic straight kicks to the body that O'Malley was landing. Well, and the knee that bust his bust his oh, eye, and the, and the knee as well. But like, it was a Joe, very t- very I'm, good round. I'm telling you, Yan Yan was in trouble. Like he was actually in trouble on the feet. Yeah, he of was, course he, he was. The only as way was... he get into the fight is to to land those sneaky trips and to work in uh, takedowns. He had to go to his wrestling game. No, he had he hit some tremendous low kicks as well. He had some. I, I'm sorry, so the striking was very good from Yan, as it was from O'Malley. And also, you keep hitting on this point of like Yan was in trouble. At no point did you think O'Malley was in trouble, particularly in that second round. Like I felt that second round, Yan was clearly clearly won that round in the same way yeah. that in the same way that O'Malley clearly won the third. Well, yeah. In, in the, so then the first round is the contentious one then. Yeah, well, that's what you seem to be saying, yeah. Well, it seems to be what you're saying as well. <laughs> I don't know what your kind of moral outrage is about this, Joe. I'm not having a moral uh, outrage All right, let's, po- let's, just... po- this, let's post this question instead, all right? Who won more comfortably their rounds, or who did more damage in the rounds that they won? We've said that round two went to Yan, and that round three went to O'Malley. Which was a more I effective think... round for whom? I think both of those rounds are... The thing is, is that it depends on the style of the fighter, doesn't it? Because I feel that round two was, you know, a perfect Piotr Jan round. He out, he no, outstruck him on the I don't feet. think he landed enough. He, outstruck, da- he didn't do enough damage. He outstruck. It was no. He outstruck him on the feet. He took him down twice, and he had that fantastic trip, which O'Malley then tried to get back. Okay, and he really sort of pushed away on that in that round. Whereas round three, I felt like was O'Malley's, and it was like you know the perfect O'Malley sort of round of like, you know, single shots, combos to intercept. It was like what they do best. 
So this whole thing of like who did more damage in their rounds, it depends on their style, doesn't it? That's that's just how I see it. Personally, I'm not listen, Joe, I'm not I'm not mad right, that O'Reilly won this you, fight. Let me give you let me give you a start here and I want to hear your response. Okay. Well, you, you're rolling your eyes. I'm not I didn't roll my eyes. Get, get, come on, let's hear this stat. You you don't want to be confronted by the facts of the fight. Go it's on. uncomfortable for you. Let's hear this stat. In round 3, Yep. Sean landed 33 strikes to Jan's head. 33. Okay. In Jan's ra- dominant round, round two, mm-hmm. Jan, in total, to all areas of O'Malley, was able to land 22 strikes. I've got 24. I'm looking. Yeah, 24. 24. Yeah. Okay. To, to, to O'Malley, by the way, in the same round, 21. Yeah. So how are you gonna t- how are you gonna tell me that Amali didn't have a more dominant round in in the big round that we both scored for each fighter? I'm not saying that he didn't have a more dominant round. I'm just saying that like, like their styles at those points of the fight, that is their most dominant rounds. Like okay, if you want to just go on like this cumulative stat approach to it, then yeah, you can say that. But you know, still in that third round. You know, Yan still had nearly two minutes of control time. What we've seen from Petr Yan so far in his career against the, the elite strikers that he's fought, and I'm thinking of Corey Sandhagen in particular, is a man who can adapt uh, and counter mm. um, the opposition. Yeah. Okay, and, and eventually overcome them on the feet. Yeah. Uh, that was not going to happen, even over five rounds in this fight. Yeah, but that's discrediting O'Malley in a way, then, because it's like I'm, all, I'm, yeah. I'm giving O'Malley huge credit, Joe. I felt like he won the fight. Yeah, but I'm you're trying put, to defend him. Yeah, but you're putting it onto Yan there, where it's just like, well, Yan didn't do this. It's he fell like, yeah, short. Because, yeah, yeah, because O'Malley did because that in O'Malley that round. Was so No, in the fight, in the fight, it was a consistent theme. Consistent theme that grew over the course of the fight is that O'Malley was a huge problem at range for Yan, and Yan couldn't find the answers. O'Malley was so fast, his movement was great, and he he hits hard. When Yan would uh, kind of turtle up and fight with that close guard, O'Malley would just 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 dap him, little jabs, he would open him up, some and of he would those, come around the side of the though. guard. Some of those strikes, though, they were they were definitely arm shots. There were there were a few where I was just like, that's clearly hit. Yan on the arms there, like that hasn't landed. Agreed. Clean. And okay, I, I agree the... with that. I agree with that. Well, you would hope yeah. so. I mean, Yan it fights extremely defensively, so you'd hope that he is blocking something. Uh, but ultimately, Amali got through and he and he bust okay. him up, Joe. It doesn't matter in the end how either of us score this or the controversy around it. What matters is now that Omali has a win over Piotr Yan. That amazing. is what it's going. That's what's going to show. It's an incredible. I'm, I'm not denying it was an incredible performance. This is amazing, and, Jeff. and really, it's kind of this whole scoring of the rounds thing. It kind of like loses or takes away from what was an incredible moment. Now let's just. I'm going to throw this to you. Title shot. I think it has to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it has to be. He just beat Piotr Jan. He just, he just beat Piotr Jan in an area that he's been dominant. And for me, it was just a, it was amazing. It was the, definitely the, the moment of the evening. Uh, and I was shocked. I, I didn't think Amali could beat Jan. Not yeah. like that. Yeah. No. I, I thought if he can beat Jan, it's, you know, it's Conor McGregor on Jersey Aldo. You know, that it's, right. it's something like that. I think... There, there are still definite flaws that were highlighted in this fight. I, th- I thought that yeah, it's takedown Oma- defense. It's takedown defense is not good, and also it's not good he, enough. He was he was sucking air at points as well. I was wondering as well because I don't know if you noticed this, but I think it was at the end of the second when Yan took him down, and you could see. Did you see O'Malley taking really deep breaths through his mouth? I was wondering if he punted the end of that round just so that he could like defend and just take some deep breaths before he gets to the corner. But um, I don't think he was ever in that big of trouble. I think, actually, I, I don't want to keep referencing McGregor, but I think uh, McGregor had more difficulties with Chad Mendes in that fight when Mendes was wrestling him. Yeah, but he was also massively injured and had to change his game plan going into that fight. Like, he had a, a he torn a muscle in his knee, like, 
or a ligament in his knee two weeks before that fight and still went out and took it. So that's... You're talking about Mendes or McGregor? McGregor. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, Look. No, I, I, I didn't feel like Amali was in trouble. I felt like he, he dealt pretty well with Jan. And ultimately, like the thing that I'm taking away from this is the third round. I don't know how that could not be the, the, the key thing. Like it, it was kind of desperation takedowns for Jan. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna watch the fight again. I'll watch the fight watch again. the third round. Watch the third uh, no. I watch the whole fight again. We'll be back on Friday and we'll uh, we'll talk about it a bit further. Get into so the can... some more. Get in. Yeah, of course. There's way more to talk about here. Okay, O'Malley title shot. Okay. Yeah. If, if not, actually, you know what? Actually, and and re- I'll I'll let the listeners know. Spoiler right now. He's going to get wrestled to death by Alchemista. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't. How like how it. the fuck does he beat Sterling? Just. Lateral movement beats him on the feet, striking wise. He has he has got really good power, one hit equator power. Oh, he has. Oh, he he showed that. He has. He has really really showed. Oh, that. he showed Joe. He showed he's he's quite he's special. You know, we should get get on the train. I look, I'm never going to be on the train fully. He's just the personality just doesn't quite <laughs> mesh for me. Anyway, Piotian, we got we got loads to get to. Piotian. Yeah. Uh, have... Anybody, any bantamweight or featherweight or whoever he wants, I'm in. It's going to be good. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't diminish Yan. It. It doesn't diminish Yan. I think you, I would love to see them fight again. How, how about we end like that? A five round. And I. I yeah. Oh my main God. event. Yes. Yan. He's got to drop down a few places in the rankings here. I would love it. How about if Yan just goes and dusts off to Bashvili? Neutralizes him. Just gets rid of that. You yeah. know. Yeah. You, and then you bugger off. And then yeah, just yeah, yeah, that's it. Deal with him so that he doesn't go and like, you know, mm. uh, blanket any other young flames. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then you know you give him one of these young young boys on the come up, and uh, and then he fights Omalu. Okay. In Siberia somewhere. <laughs> right. Uh, so lightweight. Benil Dariush defeats Mateus Gamrot by decision what a banger of a fight this was this was this was so good I would absolutely love this fight going into this me and you both picked Gamrot by decision and Benny Dariush does it again proves the haters wrong once again before then cutting a very strange promo in which he was praising Jesus to a lot of Muslims uh, that was a, a very odd promo but we'll not bother with that it was just a fantastic performance from Darius of just mid-fight adjustments. So every time that Gamrot reset, he reset to orthodox, which then allowed Darius to then settle into a rhythm of a fight, which is like, okay, I know he's always going to be going back to orthodox. I know he's always going to be going back to these positions. And I know that his attacks are going to be coming from these angles, and I can counter from here. And that was really... (laughs) Really, really smart fighting, and then he just unloaded that huge left hand in the third round, oh, <laughs> which he yes. Oh my word! What a shot! Monster, big overhand left. I mean, <laughs> and then yeah, just the really... crashing sound it made. And by the way, Gamrot went flying, and then immediately just went for a takedown. Like Gamrot took that shot, was you know dropped. Uh, I mean, he had he had he had Gamrot on skates. He had Gamrot. Desperation takedowns, scrambling. Yeah, like Darius neutralized, neutralized the resting. He was absolutely dusting them up on the feet. Mm. I really liked his uh, check knees. Yes, really. That constant the cr- theme through the fight. Crushing knees. I've put here. Oh my word, those knees were incredible. That second round was really, really good. Yeah, he, he landed another big left hand in that one. But Gamrot did something really cool in that second round where he fainted a takedown. Then hit a one-two immediately, and then went in for the takedown. I was just like, "Oh, that was so good." That is a guy who he can just absolutely wrestle and scramble for days. And some of those scramble exchanges got into very strange positions. I thought, like, this is really interesting. That was a lot of fun. It was, uh, yeah. I think you're talking about the moment where, like, Gamera, yeah, he fainted. Yeah, he was stuck down. Then he came back up, and then he went back down again. Yeah, exactly. It was. It was. It was so good. It was so. But that so... was that was just a brief moment for Gamera. What ultimately uh, we saw was that Darius's takedown defense was impenetrable going after the first round. Anyway, yeah, I gave the first round to Gamera. I think maybe you gave me the too. Yep, me too. Yep. Um, 
and I, I, do you know what I really like about Darius as well? I love his kicks. It's just these big clubbing kicks that you just like. They're kind no, of slow and plodding, you know. Yeah, there's no like. But the thing is, is that like they're once they're moving, there's no way you're getting out of the way of it. So you just kind of have to either like try and catch it, and then get into a scramble exchange with him, or you just have to take it because he doesn't really discriminate of like what he lands on. He's happy to land on anything, which is what I love about it so much. But Benny Dariush, I I, I think he should be back up for Volkanovsky, Makachev. You know, he should be making that flight out there cut the weight and get that title shot for him because he deserves it man he absolutely deserves a title shot ahead of anyone else in this division now no question about it yeah i mean right now he's uh sixth in the rankings they haven't updated them since the weekend yet he should uh, be ahead of one. him is so he bypasses poirier and Gage yes and all that oh nonsense. my oh, yeah. oh, well beyond that nonsense is that if... your prediction will the ufc no he'll go he'll go up to fifth <laughs> he'll go up to fifth that's what he'll go if he is behind Oliveira, mm. then there's something wrong with his rankings. That's an interesting fight, isn't it? Makachev Oliveira. Well, we've seen Makachev. Uh, sorry, so, yeah, yeah. that's not an interesting <laughs> no. fight. <laughs> As I think we emphatically decided yeah. uh, earlier on. No, I'm sorry. I meant Dariush Oliveira. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Because also, Dariush, his background was jiu-jitsu. I mean, he was a jiu-jitsu world champion, like, in the gi. Um, so... You know, I'm yeah. intri- I'm in- I'm intrigued by the way, Darius Makachev. Oh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. in. I'm in. Like with that takedown defense and those clubbers, those big exactly. clubbers. Exactly. We know yeah. Makachev doesn't like those. So. Can you imagine if Darius wins the title? What what sort of promo no. he'd cut? I mean, he's already got his crown from above, Joe. So yeah, of course. What a what a weird and interesting bloke. Uh, opening the main card. Uh, Manon, Manon Fjord defeats Caitlin Chukagian by a unanimous decision. Uh, this was just not good. This Which was we, not... we, we, we had both picked that. Yeah, we both picked Fjord by decision. Two points each. Two points each. Uh, Fjord wins this, but this there was a lot of missed shots in in this. This was there was an interesting point in the commentary where Cormier is just like, and Chukagian always managed to get fighters to fight at her tempo, meaning that blah blah blah. What you mean is. Uh, he managed to get fighters to fight down to her level because she's almost so awkward and bad that they don't know how to fight her. Um, I mean, Fjord just just was not getting anything going in this fight at all. Um, kept hitting that sort of like sidekick to the lead leg uh, at the start and end of combos. Um, and she had a nice takedown in the third, but this was not like a... I mean, she is going to get the, the Valentina fight next, I think. But this was not like, you know, flag in the ground, I'm the next next one up. I mean, just to emphasise it, total strikes. Um, Chukagin, she landed at a, a rate of 27%. Ugh. What about Fjord? 76 out of 286 thrown. And uh, Fjord landed at 35. Not good. Yeah, sums good. up the fight. Yeah, that really does. Joe, you're our resident fly- women's flyweight specialist. <laughs> this is Joe's women's flyweight corner. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you want to see Fiero up for the belt next? Yeah, why not? All right, moving on then. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> prelims. Let's yeah. get to the prelims. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, yeah, who's well, the champ? I, I want to brush past that. Who's no, no, the no, champ? No, no. I'm the champ. I'm the champ. That's what you get for picking TJ Dillashaw to win by knockout, all right? You deserve... Those broken, dusty elbows. Yeah, right? I'm sorry. I'm appealing. I'm appealing no. to the regulators. I should have known. You can't like TJ's fighting on one arm. You're never to gonna that. know that. You're never gonna know that. You're never gonna know that. Listen, just take. If it you out. put money on TJ, Joe, how'd you feel? <laughs> Do you know how close I was to actually putting money on him? There's a point where I was just like, oh, I could see this happening. It's just like, <laughs> do you know how angry I would have been that losing those ten pounds? That. that pissing arm hanging out it's just oh my god thank god i didn't anyway let's talk about the prelims this is something that's more a bit more fun Bilal Muhammad defeats sean brady by knockout a smidge early for me yeah S- smidge early I'll, I'll, i'm not happy joe I'm, I'm not happy you're not happy with it because you just no i'm not happy with the stoppage uh and uh, yeah i'm just not a big fan of Bilal. i've really not mm. um but yeah, not I'm not some huge Sean Brady lover either. I like um, Brady in this fight. I thought he did really well. I love I love that left hook that he um 
he kept landing. He was pausing Bilal in that first round. Uh, but I thought Bilal finished the first very well. Had a, hit a nice sort of combo at the end. But um, I thought he hit some nice combos in the second and sort of. I mean, um, Joe, in our in our well. preview, we we were talking about the grappling matchup. We yeah. were expecting Brady to overcome him on the mat. We never saw any of that. No, no, he really didn't. He tried to half-assed a couple of takedowns to kind of like hinted it, I think, more than anything. But he was nowhere near, really, was he? Uh, zero, for, zero for five. Mm, mm. Um, what do you think for Bilal next? Someone to beat him, that's what you want. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's obviously built up that bit of beef with, with Leon. Uh, I hope he's not able to make too much play out of that. Leon would smoke him. And I don't think I don't think it would be competitive. What about Covington? I mean, Bilal, he's, he's, yeah, he's earned the right to fight Burns or, or Covington. And then if he beats them, title shot. It has to be. It has to be. It has to be. Yeah, Coving- Covington, Covington sounds good. Well, it's about Covington time. Covington fought somebody, Joe. Well, do you know what? Covington may be fighting someone on in the co-main of the Edwards uh, Usman three card. He's going to be potentially oh. fighting Chimaev. Oh my god! Oh my god! Indeed. Could you imagine? Do you, can That's you imagine? By the way, chaotic. that that fight it will be taking place in Cardiff. <laughs> who who is the crowd going to be cheering for? I, I, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like when uh, chess players would come to Iceland, you know, when it was the Soviet Union and uh, versus America days. Yeah. And, and and Iceland would be a neutral venue mm. for the collision of worlds. Colby yeah. Covington versus Chimaev. Well, Gary Kasparov versus, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bobby Fischer. That's what we're going to yeah. care. <laughs> All right. Also on the prelims, this was a fun fight, wasn't it? Volkan Usmir versus Nikita Krylov. Krylov gets his first ever decision win. Joe, this was just classic Volkan Usmir. Just, <laughs> just he just cannot stop. It's he's got like everything. Yes, he's and really he... got everything. He, he's got great takedown defense. He's a good striker, but he just falls to the same fate time and again. He's hilarious, isn't he? He he's... is. He's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. He, the thing is, is that like he also after he lost to uh, Cormier, he then lost to um, did he lose to Anthony Smith or someone like that? But he went on a on a run for a little bit where it's just like okay, he's starting to turn this back round again. He's starting to like figure this out. He beat Rakic, I think, and um, I remember he lost to Reyes, but he really did. You kind of won that fight, and um, and now he's just like oh, he kind of doesn't look that bothered anymore, does he? Like he he just is like eh, whatever, sort of. Oh, if I can win it, I'll win it. If I can't, I can't. I don't care too much. It's, it's, it's a bit sad. Well, it's it sad. kind of puts me in the same position about him, Joe. You know, yeah. I'm not sure. A little I'm bit. Sure I, yeah. I'm sure I care bit. that much. I mean, light heavyweight. It's not a good division. It's not, not a good compared. Di- no, not when you've got bantamweight, Joe. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, Any news for us? One fight announcement I need to bring to you to get your reaction. December 10th, UFC 282, Las Vegas will get the Paddy Pimlet show where he faces... Do you know who he's going to face, Tom? I... No. He is going Trevin to be facing... Giles? Or? No, <laughs> Trevin Giles. Uh, he is going to be facing Jared Gordon. Mm. Mm. Gordon, who's on a four-fight win streak, seven and five in the UFC. Uh, people are a bit angry about this. Tom and I see no reason to be angry personally it's just because what, what, what are they upset about that he's not facing someone that's going to beat him like like come on come on like they what do they want him to face Sarukian or something and just get absolutely steamrolled like I, I don't know what people are expecting of Paddy Pimlet he's in his 20s and he's on his third fight in the UFC his third fight this year as well he's not gonna be fighting Sarukian or Gaethje or Fazeev or anyone like that. That'd be I ridiculous. mean, uh, God, uh, Gordon's last showing was against Leandro Santos, you know, the, the old man of the yeah, yeah. division. Ah, oh, I just had a little look to see where Santos is now. He's retired, Joe. Oh, very sad. Very sad. Always liked Santos coming out once a year for a fight. That was, uh, was quite the freakish. Uh, freakish occasion, yeah. I mean, well, this doesn't really move us in any way. This is... No. You know, it's a, it's, an, it's, a, it's a... What sim- is Jared Gordon's brand? 
He's a he's a jujitsu guy, isn't he? In personal life, on his Wikipedia, Joe, it says drug addiction. <laughs> oh yes, yes, he has he has a bit of a mad story. Uh, does uh, does Gordon? And actually, he doesn't particularly enjoy MMA, but he uses it more yeah. for like his um, philanthropy. It seems like a very nice guy. Um, but yeah, it's you know I feel like this is the it's a suitable step up fight, and then next year he can fight someone you know who is quote actually kind of good. So rather than someone like Gordon, who's like oh, he's decent, um, but yeah, I, I don't know what people expect of Paddy Pimlet at this stage of his career in the UFC. Anyway, uh, Tom, shall we wrap it up here? We'll be back on Friday, listeners. We're going to preview the Arnold Allen versus Calvin Cater card for you. All of the good fights on that, of which there are two. Uh, we're also going to talk about some of the uh, news that happened over this uh, week, but you need to come back on Friday for our uh, hot takes on geopolitics, okay, which uh, there'll be plenty of. Uh, You can probably guess what we're referencing uh, in that case. Um, But Tom, thank you. You've kept the uh, belt nice and clean for me. I am the champion, and I shall be defending... Yeah, and I shall be defending it sparingly. So uh, (laughs) that is... Just saying right now. Uh, Thank you for joining me, Tom. Thanks, Joe. And listeners, contact us at holdonbrother69 at gmail.com if you uh, would uh, like to contact us. Any questions that you have, happy to read them out on air, and maybe we'll answer them. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. God bless, See Tom. See you then, Joe. Yes. All the best. All the best indeed. All the best to the champion. Ha, <laughs> ha.